Hype Zone World. Thanks for tuning in. The Continental MCs Tour is going on right now. So check out HypeWithFriends.com for dates. The new album is out now, so do cop it. My guest this week is Mickey Free. And I want to put out one disclaimer. Mick is such a self-effacing dude that he left some things out. The way he tells it, he had a falling out with the little brother dudes, and then he bowed out of the production game. Not true. Since then, he produced a song for our Canadian pal, Be Rich, that was certified fucking gold in Canada. He produced for Jen Wozner, for Y Oak, and he did one of the new singles on the um, Sharon Van Etten album. So don't let the self-disgust fool you. He's doing his thing. This episode is sponsored by The Lineup Room, a recording and mixing studio located in Baltimore, Maryland. Check them out at lineuproom.com. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. I like vaguely remember like you were like, Super, super, like, expressive, hyper, kind of maybe nerdy, yo. <laughs> and, like, I, re- I remember people being, like, that were in classes with you being, like, I was like, what's up with that guy, Mickey? And they'd be like, he's gay. <laughs> 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 like, like, not even, like, you were, like, homosexual. Right, just right, like, right. Just gay like, in the elementary school in the, like, late 80s, yeah. early 90s sense. Like, did did you have, like, a hard time, like, like before we really linked it was, up? It was weird, like, sort of all throughout school. It was less so once I got to high school, but, like, I was always, like, I always, like, had a lot of friends, but I was also, like, could be, like, a target. Yeah. Like, t- yeah. like a little bit. It never, like, like, in middle school, I was, like, I was basically like I always describe it like I was like as fat as you could be without being fat. Like I was like the kind of dude that somebody would be like, "Get your fat ass!" <laughs> like, uh, you're you're ugly, you know. Like, just like yeah. it didn't quite seem right to like be like this fat yo, but like it was just, you know, I was like goofy and weird and stuff like that. Actually, the hardest time I ever had was in third grade. My mom, so my mom was an elementary school principal. And so I was in this one class and she was like, you need to be in like the smart kids class. And so she petitioned and had me moved in the middle of the school year (laughs) to be, she was not the principal of my school, but like she had me move to like the like GT class or whatever, gifted and talented. Which probably anyone could do. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if you were just like, come on, you know, like, but like, um, my friends I all my friends in the class that I was in, the like the the standard class, all were like "fuck, dude," mm. which was crazy. I think that's where it came from. That that's I think that's the time I'm thinking. Yeah, of. maybe. Which was nuts because it's like I have no memory of them even like understanding why. Like I was like, did they get like a memo of like why I'm like right, moving right, classes right, or right. anything like that? But it was just like for a while it was like insane uh, cruelty. Mm. On the, you know, I mean, like, little kid cruelty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So there was just always, like, shit like that peppered in with me being, like, a relatively popular, like, you know, uh, class clown type dude. Yeah, yeah. I See, 
like when we first really linked up, I thought it was so crazy because, you know, I kept it moving, hanging out with these roughnecks all through sure. elementary and early middle. And it was like, it was like the way that we would hang out when I first met you, it was like completely foreign to me because it was like you had, you. it seemed like you were pooling from like so many different sources compared to other kids, <laughs> I thought. How so? Like, like, I, you know, you would just start talking about like, 2001 space odyssey or like <laughs> like ice cube or something right, right. And, you know and like like when we listen to music and stuff you'd be like what do you think a five percenter is what what do you think it's like oh, in the right, hood right. What do, you th- do you think he's telling the truth or right and i feel like the kids that i hung out with for my whole like childhood we never talked about anything and never <laughs> like, like it was just like and i also feel like i was like kind of fed this diet of like rip magazine and like the source right. for like what would like how you should think about things which is right, just kind right, of like right. a chucklehead way to yeah, think yeah, you know yeah. and like i don't know like like did you did you did you like feel like you were like different in that way back then i think like i didn't really realize that until I was older, but I think a lot of it had to do with, like, I think, like, I've always just been, like, like, I love history, like, like, it's just, like, my favorite shit in the world, like, and I just always have wanted to know, I don't know, it's, like, I always want to know the backstory for something, like, it just helps it, like, for some reason, whenever people, like, play me, like, a new band, I'm just, like, where are they from? Yeah. And people are, like, almost always, like, uh, like... Right, right. And I don't know why it, like, matters to me, but, like, I just always want this, like, perspective. Yeah. And I think that, like, it just, it was just part of, like, my imagination or something when I was a kid. Like, it helped me sort of understand and sort of, like, uh, make, like, a character in my mind. You know, it's like when you're a kid and you're, like, playing. Yeah. It's like, you want to, like, fill it with detail. Like, when you're, like, using your imagination to, like you know, create a scenario or something like that. Like, I always loved, like, as much random detail as possible. So I was always curious about the, like, behind the, like, scenes kind of stuff for anything that I was into, I guess. I'm sure having this older brother played a big role in that too, right? Yeah, it was a huge part of it. My older brother, like, got me into music and stuff early. And my dad helped with that. My dad had a good you know, good taste in music and yeah. and movies and stuff like that. And I, I think having somebody just like guide your hand with like stuff to get into, it's almost just like it's like it makes you even if it makes you understand for the first time that it's like that it's like, oh, you can look for things. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like somebody tells you about something and that makes it so that you realize that there's like something else out there and that yeah. kind of like forges like a path in your brain of like how to be open. Yeah. You know. I I have this memory of us. I was like sleeping over at your house in like middle school and you put on Nevermind. Mhm. And like you were like 
it was like the lights were out and you're like you're like you know i just really think this album is beautiful and it, and i was kind of like <laughs> really kind of like is this gay <laughs> <laughs> so it was, good. it was like so far to me to really appreciate shit like that or something see that's crazy to me because it's like i i gotta i gotta make mention of something here. People that know Dan probably know that he has, like, the most insane memory for detail for, like, events, like, individual things that happened in his life and, like, the lives of his friends. And so it's, like, if I ever want to get, like, taken back, like, Dan will just, like, drop <laughs> these bombs. And it's, like, I have no memory of doing that, but it's, like, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, I was, like, because it was, like, like, at first I was, like, this is crazy. But then it was, like, I think I'd been trying to be down with music and was down, but especially with this rock in kind right. of like a dumb way. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like getting these like used Primus cassettes for like right. a dollar and right. being like, I'm not feeling it. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I feel like around the time we linked up, it got me more open to like what music could be. Or yeah. Something. Like, Oh, one thing I thought would be tight to talk about was was school for the deaf. To oh, take man. it back. Yeah. Wow. God. <laughs> if you want to break break sure. that down. School for the Deaf was the first rap thing that I ever did in the first rap group that I was ever in. You know, my brother and his friend were like kind of making these like beats. I don't even know. <laughs> Somehow. Uh just like with guitars and drums and stuff. Yeah. And then like it was just sort of it was like this little mind game, you know what I mean? It yeah. was just like, it was like, I had always loved to like joke around and sing and like make up little lyrics and stuff like that. I mean, it kind of goes along with like imagination, like, and I just sort of took naturally to like rhymes and stuff. Like yeah. I just really liked doing it and I could do it kind of quickly. And we just ended up writing, oh, and my character, my, my name was uh, Goldfinger. Yeah. And I was from New York. <laughs> so, you know, so watch out. That's Watch out, all you New York rappers! <laughs> Your first appearance on this yard sale cassette. Um, I actually got the one copy of the cassette of the 500 that was signed by Goldfinger. That's fire! And it said, "Keep your fingers clean." <laughs> <laughs> that is completely ridiculous. That's insane. That's gonna be worth uh, nothing someday. Mm. <laughs> but yeah I was thinking about how it was kind of a funny setup because your brother had Yard Sale right the band the like indie rock band and you guys were kind of like the sub band right like like I think the only times you performed were in the yes, Yard Sale yes 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 it was kind of like like a local version of like when the talking heads are like we're turning into the Tom Tom yeah Club yeah 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 definitely like super weird and I mean the only t I think we performed like twice or something two or three times I can't remember yeah. the first time was at the if any like any of the old heads in Baltimore know the loft which was like this insane literally shell of a house in West Baltimore yeah that like nobody in their right mind would ever like go to and like our parents like took us to to play these shows when I was like 11 yeah that, truly insane you know I I I don't know if you saw it. I just made this for fun on the internet the other day, like the ten craziest spots that I've played. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, but 
it's kind of it has to be in context because you'd have to know that you were like 11, but you <laughs> doing a rap set at, it, yeah, the, the loft. It's like basically like a completely gutted out yeah. row house in like the worst neighborhood in like West Baltimore yeah. in, in the 90s when shit was buckwild. Yeah. Yeah, we would have been like 11. So it's like, in the middle of like the crack epidemic, yeah. <laughs> basically, like it would have been like ninety three. Yeah, and it's like it's like the the like super like hardcore like punk slash kind of like skinhead yeah. zone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, all the lights were like those like like construction like stand lights and yeah. stuff. I don't remember ever like seeing like a regular light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was crazy. And there was, like, rubble, like, on the floor, basically. Yeah. It was nuts. I was thinking the other day about how how I was really... I, I, I don't want to say envious, because I was kind of, like, too young to be envious, but it was kind of like me and Mike and Greg were trying to basically do the exact same thing, like, inspired by School for the Day. Right, right. We tried for so fucking long, and I we never made, like, one tight track. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the... The knowledge just wasn't enough. But did know? School for the Deaf, like, in comparison, make, like, one tight track? Oh, I mean, like... fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, the track. But, I mean, we never had one track that we could even be like, check this out. Oh, this yeah, is, yeah. Like, I mean, I'd say, like, I, I don't know. And I, 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 I just remember always being like, being like, so how do you guys do it? Like, you lay down the beat on the, the eight track and then you all write together or like right and, and like it was kind of like you were like i don't know yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean for a long time in my musical career it was like me just like sort of like holding some like somebody holding my hand and like being like oh we're kind of just doing it and i was like this is fun yeah i i remember even being like would be like be like so how many tracks do you guys have and you'd be like not sure <laughs> like, like, when you get enough tracks are you gonna like put out like the full length or something it's like i don't know <laughs> uh, i mean it was the same thing with like later on when we had a band together and i was the singer like there would be times when you'd be like you need to like finalize these lyrics because yeah. you just keep sort of like we practice and you're just like and then the thing happened with the blah 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 and i was just like oh yeah i guess i need to yeah, I can't just, just chill. Freestyle these lyrics, yeah. these rock lyrics, <laughs> crazy. But yeah, I guess that was like the next thing that happened was we got this these rock bands going. Yeah, but rap remained sort yeah. of part part of a yeah background scene I for was, a long time. I was you you might have a different perspective, but I always felt like, I mean, I guess it takes all young kids a, a while to figure out what they're doing, but. I feel like we worked so fucking hard on trying to get these bands going. Yeah. And maybe, I, sometimes I think we had more of like an ambition to do something than actually like a, a vision of what we wanted oh, to yeah. be. I guess that's normal yeah, for like young yeah. kids. I mean, I think that's what is tight about being like a, like a young artist. Is that you want to do it more than you know what you want to do. Yeah. You know, and it's also, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people's music is the most, like, pure or whatever yeah. when they're really 
young because it's just like there's no it's like all you really want is to just like be on stage with your guitar or whatever it doesn't really and like whatever you make is just like part of that right and it's not like it's not like you're not like is this gonna get like ringtones or like right 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 like yeah i i think for me it was like i really didn't have it's so crazy to think about now but like no one ever like played me like the beatles or like the rolling stones (laughs) or like like i feel like i had had almost like no knowledge of like rock which I feel like some yeah. some kids have at a young age. Yeah, you know? I didn't really either that much. Compared to me, I feel like you did. I guess but, so, a little bit more. But like, but like, and I always felt like trying to mess with this rock. For a long time, it felt like kind of like a compromise. Like, mm-hmm. like, well, it'd just be easier. Like, like instead of rap. Yeah, uh-huh. like, like, just like okay, everyone we know plays rock. Right. So we're gonna also play rock. Right. We- what what is it gonna be like? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I feel like we started to get it together around this, the second formation of our band, Super Bass Quad. I guess. Yeah, that was, that was actually still. That's like the one thing that I wish I had a good like copy of, like a good recording oh, of yeah. like all of our stuff. Yeah, we should have just went to this like UMBC studio or something. I mean, we should have just had Chris like. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was you know, recording be, by that. Yeah, time, of course. I mean, even just like the like quick two track would have been like yeah. tight. Um, yeah, that was like sort of our attempt at uh doing like Don Caballero. Yeah, type stuff. I think I th- we're probably on the same page. I felt like we started to like sort of be able to find like a real like identity with the music mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. I felt yeah, yeah. I remember at that time feeling more like. Okay, I don't feel like a total like fraud. Yeah, like, I yeah, feel like totally. We had some kind of like panache in our group. That, yeah, I agree. It, I feel like there was like a like a a weird gelling of yeah. of styles. It was weird because it's like I had no idea what I was playing or anything. I didn't know what chords I was playing or any. You know, yeah. it was weird. But it was like this. Like it was our attempts at being very technical. Yeah, in, in ways you know, which was which was very interesting. Yeah, I remember a giant change in my life was like, being, like the end of that band. Yeah, because how do you re- how do you remember that time? Um, it was before I went to college, and was that like when I was super into like bike riding? Yeah. Okay. That was actually. Believe it or not, that was actually 10th grade. That was 10th grade? Yeah. Okay, so that's crazy. Okay. I was really into cycling for a while, you guys. I don't know. It was lame. I mean, like, basically, like, me, our band, Super Bass Quad, was sort of a, uh, like, a farm team for what became Oxes, uh, which was, like, my brother's band that he was the drummer in, which was very successful. I mean, the only common member was Chris. The drummer, but yeah. you know, it was like they they kind of like we we wanted to do what they did do. You know, they were like really talented yeah. dudes and stuff like that. And it was it was just crazy. It kind of just felt like I definitely for a while didn't know what we were doing, but it definitely made it was like the next thing was was rap. I yeah. mean, I think you kind of were like were like, I just want to do rap now. Yeah, yeah. And I 
I think that was uh uh I re- I remember feeling so weird saying that to you guys for the first time like to be like you know like rap is kind of like this thing we just do in the basement right. Ma- like making these little like four track tapes and it was almost like seemed like at times like more like mid- in middle school Early high school. It was almost more like a parlor trick or something. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. it was like... I remember my main experiences in rapping in front of people was usually just trying to, like, impress somebody. Be like, yeah, I can rap, too. Definitely. Check, check out this. Yeah. And then kick, like, this Mike D verse. Right. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> uh, but, like... I remember being... Having this feeling, which... Looking back, might have been... Completely incorrect but i but i i thought like well with this rap shit we could really like make it happen right because like like i felt like with the rock shit i felt like okay i i I like a lot of this like indie rock and stuff but i don't really i don't have a firm grasp on what's going on and not that we did with rap but somehow i felt like we can make this our own right or something like that I don't know. Did did you feel the same way or were you like dance crazy? At first I kind of was like dance crazy cuz I had sort of gotten committed to the to the um rock thing. And it, and you got to remember at that time, I think this is for like younger people. This is really like something that I think like is like the difference of like 7 or 8 years of age. It's yeah. like when we were doing that, it was just like it still was just like white rappers. Yeah. Like, it was just really a novelty and hard for not people to... I mean, I remember, like, handing out flyers. Handing out flyers, which was, like, a while ago. And, like, people being like, yeah. And being like, yeah, we uh, we rap. And people being like, being like, oh, I love stupid white rap. Right. You know, right, or just right. like, I love funny shit. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, like... Yeah. It was, it was hard. It was hard to, like, imagine where you would have a place or... Um, whether or not anyone take would take you seriously. Yeah. I mean, it was at that point, it was seriously hard to imagine. Like it was like almost like the like eight mile like type thing where it was just like it was just like oh I just can't possibly get on because I'm white. Like it just felt crazy. Yeah, and I think it was hard too. Like in high school, like as we started like playing these shows out of town, it was kind of like double fail because it was like. The, like, pain of being, like, oh, this person wanted me to come to Pittsburgh, but then he didn't even really promote the show. And right. And it's just all fucked up. And, you, you know, and there's eight people here. Right. Which every band has to basically yeah. do. And then on top of that, I feel like adding on top of that, to, like, also no one takes us seriously. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like people think this is a joke or or yeah or they it's almost like the way uh this uh jeremy flynn put it it's kind of like people are like uh wrong room like like <laughs> like when they, you know it's, it's like they're not they don't even think it's bad or yeah, make any yeah. judgment but they're just like i have no idea how to feel about there this. was so many times like back then when it would just be like when it just be like man like you guys are like like, I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is funny. But then it was like, this is good? 
And it was just like, it's kind of just like good. And it's like people's brains couldn't yeah. like just be like, it's just think that it's like fine. You know? Right, right, right. And speaking of that time, I was trying to remember like, how did you really start making these beats? Like, that's, I know we all started with the like general MIDI program yeah, yeah. kind of, but like, how, how did, how did you start really doing these beats? Well, I think it was actually my brother first that had gotten this Zoom phrase sampler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was almost like my brother wanted to be able to do something first. Yeah. Um, and I just sat down and messed around with this. It was like super simple phrase sampler. I mean, it didn't even... It didn't even have any like real sequencing or anything. I think you could just like turn loops on and off. Yeah. And I remember... Hearing Mighty Healthy by the the uh, Ghostface track. Yeah. And I just remember being like, this is one of the hardest beats like I'd ever heard. It was yeah. just so raw and slamming. And and I just kind of was like, I was like, I want to just make that beat over again. And like the I think one of the first tracks that I did was like a track that we ended up using for Wounds, which is our rap group, um, which was like, in my mind, it was like sort of my attempt at doing like a track that felt that same way, you know? I, I remember the time you were, like, super, super self-conscious about that beat, like, because it was, like, your, like, banger. Right, right. But it was, like, you're, like, yeah, it kind of rips off Mighty Healthy, but but I don't really think so at all, like, because uh-huh. I feel like that's, I think that's the substitution break that, that they use. Uh-huh. That. If not, it's something... It's another like famous. Yeah, yeah, break. it's a famous break. I, I I felt like the fact that you at least like replayed it is already like a little more like unique. Uh-huh. And then and then I feel like you felt like the the this like synth line or whatever it is. Right. You kind of ripped it, but I don't I don't I don't think. I think so it was at just all. like the like the like flavor of the track or whatever. And also, it's like funny because it's like what kind of like sixteen year old is like I ripped it off. Like who right, cares? Right, like right. usually at that point. Right. But after that, it was like, it was just this quick, um, you know, just like, I just remember, like, I think about my memories of like getting into beats and I was like, okay, I really want to make beats. I want to make beats. And I remember being like young, like, I don't know, like 17 or so, or no, I guess maybe 18 or something. And I, and going and buying and paying like 800 bucks or something for a used MPC 2000 yeah. from this guy that I probably saw like on in like a classified in the paper or something. I can't even remember where I saw it. And just like, it's crazy to think about, but it's like, where did I get that money? I don't even know where I like saved up this money from. Yeah. You know, but you it was just different like jobs and shit, I guess. Yeah. 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 I did. I did. I did. But like, it was just like crazy. Just like, you look back and you're just like, damn, like, I just dove right in. Yeah. And then I started making beats and. You know, it's funny, that MPC, um, I think it became Jones's and then became Collins. Oh, and okay. Right. So that, that MPC has been in the lore of other shows. That's so crazy. Far on the, on the, the podcast. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, I feel like you got, you got like pretty tight at that, like right away if i remember correctly. yeah i think i i think like 
the way that drum machines and putting beats together works just makes sense to me. Yeah. Because I don't have good... Um, I've never been, like, a good, strong songwriter in the traditional sense because, like, arrangement... and It's like I don't have good, like, projection of arrangement and time. Like, it's very... It's why I'm, like, super shitty at chess. Like, I can't imagine... I know that seems like a stupid, like, no, no, analogy, I, I but, but it's just, like, it's like I can't imagine what might happen to two plays away. Yeah. Like, and that's just, I can't play chess because of that. I have no, like, anticipatory, like, game or whatever. Mm. But with, like, beats, it's just sort of, like, you imagine what you want this, like, chunk to be. Yeah. And then you can kind of just work on that and bring things in and out. And, like, it's a lot more, it's, like, a a puzzle, you know, that you kind of just, like, you piece together and you can kind of force together, which which is cool. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you remember Wounds kind of calling it quits? Yeah, I guess I was I was at college at that point, right? Well, the before the the I guess the last night of our first tour, it was kind of like <laughs> it was kind of decided like that this tour shit is not not the the look. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? I don't remember that decision it was like the like breezewood area mcdonald's at like 4 a.m uh-huh maybe i was the only person listening but like chris was, <laughs> chris was like just like yeah i don't think we should keep it moving with this you know like oh uh, right i think at the time he was thinking like we would flip it and be on some like missy elliott like timberland shit like right like right. i don't think he thought of it as like this DIY, like right, right, grind right, right, or something like that. That he was just like, he's like, we come, we become geniuses, we get on, yeah, right. And I, I think I was kind of like, I think our tour was like so brutal, kind of that it was like, it's like, well, if people don't want to do this and everyone's going to college, I felt like I want to do this, but. It might be more practical to do it as like one man or or something. Right, like right. But I think, uh, yeah. But I think, uh, but I was like down with Chris's idea. I was like, okay, we're gonna just be this like studio thing or something. Mm-hmm. And then I think just it just fell apart from there right. or something. <laughs> I guess I remember I remember you being like, I feel like you had a real. Your short time trying to go to this college, I remember it seemed like you had a real profound kind of time. It was crazy, man. Like, I think I, like, the main thing was that it's, like, I kind of learned how to be a person on my own. Like, I, it was, like, you go and everybody you know, everybody you meet, you don't know. Yeah. And, like, it was just, like, oh, how do I, like, it's, like, there's nobody to be, like, to be like every Tuesday night is taco night like we gotta go to Taco Bell like like okay that's probably sounds like insane but like when you're a kid it's just like you get in these routines and like you're so scared to like sort of be yourself even when you have great friends like we did who were like very accepting it's like and when you get put in the situation where it's like well I can only be whoever I am like it's like I can't you know what I mean like nobody here knows me yeah and 
the thing is, it's like I remember, like my college experience, like the actual classes seriously make up like two percent of like my yeah. memories. Like, like, and I was only in school for a year and a half, but it's just like it was crazy. Like the dude who was my roommate, who is like became one of my best friends in school and is like still a really good friend of mine. This dude Maceo, like he also just had the exact same MPC as me. Oh yeah, and it was yeah. like we just showed up and it was like. Uh, like yeah, and like he made beats, and he's also one of like the like nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. And yeah. it's like I just like formed this like crew of like dudes who just there was definitely some insane knuckleheads in the mix, but there was like a couple really smart. Mikey, sit down. Mikey, take a take a fucking giant fucking leap. <laughs> oh my god, that was the worst dude ever. Um, but like. I don't know. It was just like I learned how to be weird. Like, I, you know, it was when I was up there and I met Dan Deacon and and the O'Brien brothers and, and yeah. Dina Kelberman and everybody like that that would later come down to Baltimore and make a big influence yeah. in the scene down here. I did mushrooms, you know, for the first time, hallucinogens and stuff. And like it was it was like it was learning sort of that the world is a big place. Yeah. You know, and that there's more more out there than, you know, sort of what you kind of think you know. I remember, um, I remember you calling me actually and being like, hey, what's going on? And we're just like shooting the shit and you're like, you're like, did I tell you I did psychedelic mushrooms? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. cool. (laughs) I could tell it was like, it blew your mind. It really, it really did. All helicopter parents that might be listening, by the way. Stand down. <laughs> we gotta let the truth ride. Yeah, gotta you gotta let your kids do your thing. But I think I think one thing I feel like you know we really 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 grew up in like this like white bubble kind of. Yeah, definitely, and, and definitely. Because Catonsville, I feel like it's like I feel like it's one of the most like segregated areas in like. In like Baltimore. Yeah, basically. it's weird because it's like there were like I feel I think our college our school our high school was like I'm sorry I'm messing with the mic cord was like thirty percent black something like that. That would sound right. Yeah, something like that. And it was weird because it's like I don't re- ever remember like this like beef or anything, but it was just like I think like aside from sports, I just felt like there was just like zero like mixing. exactly. Yeah, you know, it was just like sort of like both areas like the white zone and like the winter's lane zone are kind of like yeah we've been here for hundreds of years yeah and it's been like this and we we keep it like yeah this, yeah definitely know? like i felt like it seemed to me like part of you going to school in new york and stuff might sound funny but it's kind of i feel like you kind of well you you learn to like i feel like it seemed like you learned a lot about like different kinds of people oh absolutely and then also kind of from these city boys of all ethnicities, I feel like you kind of learned these, like, street smarts a little bit. Or yeah, something. I kind of just, like, learned, like, it really was, like, just being exposed to, like, and it was never, like, we're going to teach you how to knuckle down. But it was just yeah. sort of, like, learning about, I think, like, learning, so just sort of, like, learning about, like, what it was like growing up in New York City for like a lot of kids and yeah. like you just see it's just like there's a lot more like uh 
variables and things that sort of, I don't know, you just like, I just met so many kids where it was just like, this is your steez. I just remember like, it's like when we were growing up, it's like, I knew like zero like Latin kids yeah. or like Hispanic kids. And I remember they like, just, really around. yeah, they weren't really around yeah. at that time. And I remember like getting up there and I would just be like, I'd just be like, these like Dominican Comic Con geeks. Like, <laughs> like I just was like, like it was just like so many styles like yeah, of yeah. everyone. You know, it's like, totally. I think, I think that's one thing that is, that definitely is interesting about really big cities is it's just like, there's so many people that like every, ethnic or minority group or whatever has every kind of like subculture yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like it's just like it's just like these black goths are like yeah. roaming around like everywhere in like the like giant pants like yeah, yeah you know yeah. like it just definitely like kind of it was just like really good to like be in the mix with like everyone because it's like there was such like purchase SUNY purchase where I went it was like it was like a shitty rundown school like it was tons of fun, and, like, I feel like there was some good classes and stuff, but, like, it was just grimy. Like, the the dorms and shit were just, like, ugh. Like, yeah. But it was just cool to see kind of weirdos of all stripes yeah. everywhere. And what, what made you, like, like, stop going there? You, actually, more than anyone. Really? Yeah, but, like, I had, like, broken up with my first girlfriend at the time, and it was crazy. Like, there was just, like, a lot of... I just felt really bad about that. And, like, I don't know, man. I remember being home from winter break for the second year, and we were talking, and you were just like, I really just think... You were like, I really want to do this music shit for real. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And I told my parents that I didn't want to, like, go back. And it was crazy because... Looking back on it, it's like I don't regret anything. I do actually wish I had had some more time there because it was a like a really formative experience. Mm. But I'm still kind of just like, why did I just like dip out like so easily? I mean, I think it's because I didn't give a shit about any of my classes. Yeah, I think I think in you at the time you were like, yeah, I'm gonna keep it moving with like community college or something. Oh god, yeah, that was the worst idea ever. But. Did you, if I remember right, you just like instantly dropped out. Yeah, yeah, I did that for two weeks and then, yeah, I did that for two weeks and then stopped going and then, but I didn't tell my parents, which was bad at the time. And I was, I remember I was on mushrooms at home at our house where we lived at the time and my parents called and they were like, we just got this letter that says you haven't been to school in like four months. (laughs) Like... We're insanely mad. And I was just like, and I just felt so good from these mushrooms. And I was like, I was like, it's cool. And they were like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, it's whatever. And I was like, I remember my dad was like, you're playing with fire. Mm. And I was just like, I didn't care, but I was just like, damn. <laughs> that was, that was the, I actually like get along really great with my parents. But I think that period was just like, I, I'm sure that they were like, what the hell is going on with yeah. you? Yeah, I guess from there was our first attempt at Bowen height. Yeah. Which was a lot of a lot of false starts all on all on me. <laughs> I think you weren't about my plan exactly of like just like the endless grind. Yeah, yeah, of. yeah. But I'm, you wanted to you wanted to do stuff, but it not in the same way or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I think there's, like, certain things about me that it's, like, I'm a commitment-phobe. 
and I'm also just kind of um it's re- it's really hard for things to not be like on my terms like all the time. Uh-huh. And I'm also just like I don't know if it's just being like ADD or what, but it's like I mean, I can do stuff, but a lot of times it's just like like it's like if all of a sudden I'm doing something and I'm like I'm tired. Like I'm like, well, I I just got to chill right now. You know, <laughs> like you know, it's just like it's hard it's always been hard for me to just be like to just be like oh, I'm not going to get any rest for the next month. Like, I'm just going to grind it out until it's done. Right. Like, the only times I've ever been able to do that are, like, when it's something that I have determined, like, for myself. Mm. That it's, like, I've got mm. to do. You know, and it's, especially when I was younger, I was just, dude, I was just, a like, a straight-up jackass until I was, like, probably in my, like, mid to late 20s. From, like, after high school to really the end of Shark Tank, the the first lineup of Shark Tank. Yeah. I feel like you and I were trying to get these touring acts together but i don't think you really wanted that yeah and i think it took me a long time to realize that yeah and that's what that's what was fucked up i feel like i i didn't i somehow because i was so amped on the idea like like when we first started it was like you know the wounds shit had really fizzled out Mm -hmm. and i was like there i sort of felt like there's no reason to like be the one guy like continuing to press forward with yeah, this like yeah. five man group. Yeah. If no one's really focused, you know. Right. And then it's like when you came back, it was just like, of course. Like I feel like in my head it was like, it was like, of course. I'm t- uh, you know, he's back. Like my best friend's back and he wants to, to rap too with me and like and like try to make it happen or something mm-hmm. but i think like when it was revealed that that it wasn't exactly like that i didn't get the memo or something like i didn't understand well i also it, was just know? bad at communicating i mean i think i i think for a really long time i've always had this problem where like i don't always want to do something but i always want to want to do something yeah and it's like that's like honestly one of the worst character traits and like one of my worst character flaws it's like just really annoying to work with somebody like that and it's also just like frustrating to be that kind of person because like i'm just i'm just like a super anxious person and i'm always Mm. second guessing myself Mm. and so if you're always doing that it makes it it can make it almost impossible for other people to work with you because like with you you know, if people are listening, know Dan and all, it's like, I feel like you're one of the hardest working artists that I just know flat out. I mean, you're always, you're always on the ground. And sure, I mean, it's just true. And it's like, I was always like, I want to be like Dan, but like, I'm not you, you know, I'm me. And like, yeah, there's only like so much I can I can't like front, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I got like, I can't just like snap my fingers and be a different person. Oh, yeah. yeah, And I think for a long time I was just like, if I just like pretend that like I'm good to go for everything, like things will just magically work out. And, Mm. you know, um, it's still hard to not do that, but I try to be more like upfront about it. Yeah. I think our our working relationship, I think it's more awesome now than ever. Yeah, I I agree. I think 
I feel like in general you feel like you're in control and everything's good to go, like in the studio. Yeah, yeah. And not so much like at some weird show somewhere yeah. or something. And it sucks. It actually really bums me out because it's like I love traveling with you. Like we always yeah. have a great time. Like I think it's just, you know, it's just not something I always want to do all the time, Yeah, you know, and it's just, I don't know, that is like a bummer, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it's like I'm at my best sort of like in the studio and, and stuff like that, you yeah. know, being, being creative. Like, okay, so I guess after a few false starts with this bow and height shit, I guess the next move is you make this solo album. Yeah. This first album. Yeah, which was kind of like you had done your first album, and there was like a switch kind of went off in me, and I was just like, I was like, well, he did it, I got to do it, you know, not like competitiveness yeah, or anything, yeah, yeah. but just like I was just like, well, damn, he made an album, you know, and so I popped off. It's called "I Save My Life," um, which is a crazy title and cover where it's like a picture of me like saving myself from falling off a cliff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm still, yeah, it was cool. Like, the best part about it, in my opinion, are, like, the skits. But, mm. like, which Dan was active in. But, um, yeah, it was just, like, it was very, very much, like, a young buck going crazy, you know, in the studio, kind of. Yeah. I, I still really loved it. Thanks, man. What And in your mind, I guess, what, what happened from there? What was like? Well, I would say until I did the next record, which I did in 2011, um, I really spent like at least five years longer, basically, like just trying to like sell beats, yeah, and stuff. How did how did that begin? Um. Well, I think I kind of realized maybe that I didn't want to tour that much, and. And I just, I don't know. One of the shitty things about getting older is, like, I've definitely lost a lot of, like, sort of raw confidence in my abilities. And when I was younger, when I was, like, in my early 20s, I was really, like, I was really, like, I got what it takes to, like, make it as one of these producers. Mm. And I just had this raw confidence, and I was just, like, I'm good. I'm cranking out beats. Excuse me. And I was just, like, I think I want to try to, like, get beats out to some people. Yeah. And so, I don't know, when I was around, like, 24 or something, 23, I started sending stuff out. I looked up, I, I went on, like, one of those, like, if you guys know the, like, indie Bible. Mm. It's, like, just has all these, oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a pyramid scheme or something, but it's, like, it's just, like, a source of information, like, contact information for, like, labels right, and stuff right. like that. And I just found, like, a bunch of, like labels like rap labels that accept unsolicited submissions which is like you don't have to have like a management or lawyer contact to send yeah. them stuff and i also found some managers that did the same and i just sent them demo cds yeah and this one dude in detroit uh hit me up and he apparently like used to work with d12 and eminem but i don't really know about that i basically spent like two years working with this dude Luckily, never paid him any money, but he, like, never got shit going for me. Mm. Um, but the coolest thing that ever happened was uh, I got uh, one of the head of A&R from um, Shady Records heard one of my beat CDs and 
got in touch with me, and I ended up going up there like two or three times. Was that was that through him, Rico? No, no, they actually this dude Rico, who was the guy in Detroit, actually did know the guy from Shady Records. They knew each okay. other, but that was like he didn't really have anything to do with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so that was crazy, and I really thought something was going to pop off with that, but um, it never did. Yeah. Um, but this guy, um, Dart, who was the guy up in um, Shady, was uh, he was he was a nice dude. He tried to help me out, and he was just like, "Yeah, I want to try to get your beats out to some people." Nobody ever really bit, but um, that's what I was kind of trying to do for a couple of years. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you. It might have been a, a whack time, kind of, to be doing that. I feel like. It, it kind of seems to me like getting paid for making these beats on these big albums was a thing that happened a couple years before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. And also it was like the parallel rise of internet like producers, yeah. like people being online. And it's just like anybody who knows me knows that I'm like maybe the worst like self-promoter like in the world. It's just like I just don't – like I go to like three websites – yeah. And like one of them's Netflix, one is like pornography and like the mm. other is like a music technology like website, you know, like Gear Sluts. Yeah. Stand up. Gear Sluts stand up. I know Brandon knows what I'm talking about. Holler. But like I don't know. It's just like I'm not good at just being like follow me on Twitter, like I'm yeah. the guy for the because it's like I don't I don't know, I don't really have anything to say like, Yeah. You know. Yeah, I also think around that time like I really think like it started to be like whack beats are okay. Like like yeah. I feel like there was like a peak around like the time of like like uh there was a I feel like there was a time when it was like Premiere and then also Timberland and Manny Fresh. Yeah. And stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like late nineties uh, into the very yeah. early two thousands it was like it was like the, stunning the, quality of stuff. Yeah, it was like great beats and dudes are getting paid. Mm-hmm. And then it became like whack beats are acceptable. Are, are fine, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like I feel like with these Soldier Boy tracks or something like that. Like, I feel like people are like, like, you know, I can just see these labels being like, oh, we could just get his whack man to make a whack beat. Yeah, and yeah. People yeah. will like that just as much yeah, as yeah. like the, yeah, t- the amazing beat or something. Yeah, like, but I don't know. But, but um. Yeah, so yeah, it seemed like you got pretty far, but but you nothing ever completely yeah. locked. In. I think if I had, I had one beat placed on like a national record, yeah. which was this dude rapper Big Poo from Little Brother. I had a track on one of his records. Uh, the song was called COD. Yeah, and uh, it was cool, you know. I was like really proud of that, and um, I really think that if I kind of kept going with that stuff, like I would have gotten somewhere with it. Yeah, but um, what happened in like I don't know, two thousand nine or something like two thousand eight, um, was I got offered a uh, publishing deal from um, rapper Big Poo's rapper Big Poo's manager. And uh, I had a um, a lawyer look at it just to like make sure it was straight. And when the guy like found out, I got this music lawyer who's a super nice dude to get in contact with the manager. This guy Big Doe, 
and um, he was just like, he was like, I can't believe you got this like lawyer involved. Like the deal's off the table. Mm. And like he basically like I think was just trying to like take advantage of me or something because it's like what's wrong with like having a lawyer right look right, at right. it you know there's not it's like and I was just like I I was really surprised because I was like really crushed yeah and uh, I think I realized for the first time ever that I was like oh statistically I probably won't make it as a musician like just d- numbers wise mm. and I was just like oh like I it's like such a long shot you know. As far as like me versus everybody else, and for some reason, really, that like just kind of destroyed my confidence, and it's still, still been like a big factor in like sort of how I see stuff. Unfortunately, so the way you saw it before was more like it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I really just had this raw confidence mm. of like I got this. Yeah, and it just it really got it really got kind of destroyed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How, by the way, how I I can't exactly remember. Like, how did you how did you get that beat placed? Oh, um, uh, a mutual friend of me and Dave, Secret Weapon Dave, who's my production partner. Yeah. Um, who Dan is, who Heights worked with a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, this guy, uh, DJ Mills, who's a, a a DJ down here in Baltimore, really nice dude, who actually like sells records to like a lot of big times. Pr- big time producers because he's like he's sold stuff to Mad Lib and stuff like that um he was playing this show opening up for um little brother and he was just like yeah I know them like I want to put you in contact with them like give them your CD and um I went to the show and they gave I gave him the CD and they hit me up like not that much later it was Mm. awesome he seems like the nicest dude. He's a really uh, nice dude. I, I, I like kind of like reintroduced myself to him, because like we have met years ago, but mm-hmm. I hadn't talked to him in forever, and he was kind of like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I used to, like, like me and Mickey used to be this group or whatever, and he's like, he's kind of like, oh, is he still making beats? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, my man. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's exactly Mills. And he, he kinda um wanted you to wasn't he trying to like get more stuff going? Like Yeah. Like, I mean that's the thing, like a lot of, I just had this weird thing where like when I was trying to get myself out there out there as a as a producer, it was like three one of three things would happen. It would be like either a really nice person with the best intentions would actively try to help me and nothing would come of it, unfortunately. Or somebody would have, would basically be like lying and like lead me down a rabbit hole. Or somebody would just like straight up be trying to like screw me. Yeah. You know what I mean? More often than not, it was the, the middle one where like people were like not actively trying to, but it would just be like, yeah, we're doing big things over here. Right, right, right. But yeah, I guess it seemed to me at some point that the the fucked up kind of sharks trying to screw you over kind of made you be like, I don't want to deal with any of this anymore. Yeah, it really, it really did. Because I, I, I remember, um, I think, I think it was DJ Mills. I remember 
you were talking about like someone wanted you to go to this like Rock the Bells or something. Oh yeah, just yeah. Be passing out these right. CDRs backstage or something. And I remember you being like, "Can't do it." Yeah, and it, and it was weird because it's kind of like, well, you did it once, and it led to like, oh, I know, I know, this huge place. I know. So why not do it? But but you just felt like. Fuck that's always been like it's like I look back and I'm like that's a that's a, like a character fault of mine like sort of um like I think about something that's awkward or something and I just yeah. won't just like I'm I'm actually better about it now yeah but for a long time I was like I just don't want to do it and it's like but that's what hard work is it's right. like you know like a fucking rice farmer gets up in the morning. And he's not, doesn't like look out at the like patty and just be like, I just don't want to do it. Like I'm, I'm going to like stay in bed. It's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, you got to do that stuff. And at the time when I was younger, I think I just kept being like, there's like another way that it'll work out. But like, you were actually like hip to that fact of life way earlier than I was. Like, just like, you know, when you're younger and you're like, I want to be like a rock star. It's like the reason you want to be a rock star is because you think it's like easier then, like, yeah. you know what you mean? Like, I just want to get, like, laid. Yeah. And, like, have somebody else tune my guitar, like, all day. Right, right. But, right. like, you know, when I was younger, like, way too deep into my 20s, I just kept being, like, there's going to be some, like, tighter way where, like, somebody just, like, hears me and, like, does everything for me. And it's, like, I would get stuff out there. But I do think one thing sort of about my personality was, like, and this is a legitimate opinion like although i it was lame that i didn't just like want to do the hard work but it's like i've always basically it's crazy because it's like i love rap but like so much of rap is just like horrible like i just i hate rap shows yeah i hate it's weird it's like i've never ever been one of these people that's just like they're too violent or anything like that it's like (laughs) gangster rap's like some of my favorite shit like i don't care like it's like a lot of rap is like too violent i guess but it's like it doesn't really matter like but it's just one of these things where it's just like i just fucking hate how many knuckleheads are like in the just people yeah. just being like just like yeah have you gotten one of our like it's the movement t-shirts <laughs> right, like right. well it's just like shut yeah. the fuck up yeah it's just like you know i i just and there's like cool ways to do that but i mean i think one of the things it's like I think, like, we grew up in sort of this, like, indie rock music scene where it's, like, things are a little bit different now, but it's mostly just, like, um, oh, uh, would you like to come to our show? It's It should be fun. And it's just, like, oh, I like fun. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, so we kind of, like, kind of had this, like, super casual right, way of, right. like, promoting yourself, and it's, like, kind of more down to earth, but, like, just sort of the 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 sort of, like, posturing that, like, is sort of inherent in part of rap. Which is fine because it makes it sort of it's based on like bragging and stuff, which yeah. is which is makes it a great art form. Yeah. When you're dealing with like idiots at the bottom level, yeah, who are like, this is how I gotta be. It's like Ghostface can pull it off because he's the king and he's artistic and he's like got something. He's bringing something to the table right. with his like swag. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. when like dipshits are just like. Just like, yeah, we actually got the pens that are like, like they have our like website on them. Right, like, right. You know, like it's just like, I can't stand to be around those people. You know? Yeah. Like, so, I just kind of went off on a tear. There. No, no, I I know exactly what you mean. But it's, it's, I still should have. I still should have like 
nutted up and just like gone. Yeah, but I do think it's harder, like, you know, I think like with what I'm doing, at least, I always feel like at least there's like a payoff every night. At least you right. play a show. At least totally, you can try something. I I think like a lifetime of of waiting backstage at these rap shows and passing out CDRs. I I think it's really really fucking hard. It's yeah. you know I I agree. You, maybe you should have done it if if you you know if you wanted to to go forward as a producer. Yeah, but. but at the same time, it's kind of like, I kind of feel like only a small, you know, it, it might not have been your lane exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like now maybe you, you are finding it more. I yeah, think, I think know? so. Um, I wish my output was, was as high as it used to be. Mm. I think there's a lot more second guessing that I... Mm. didn't used to do in making beats that I do now, which is kind of a bummer. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's tough. I mean, I've said it before, but it's like my personality on like a day-to-day level, it's like I really wish that I just like wanted to be this like college like doctoral student or something like that or like or like or an accountant or something. Cause it's yeah. like, I'm just not, I'm not like, I'm just like, I really like to keep it like chill, mm. like on a personal yeah, level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you and I are kind of like similar to that. It's like, yeah. I love music and shit, but I just don't really give a shit about like, I just, I never go on pitchfork. I just never, I just don't want to learn about music that way. I just don't care about like right. what's popping like that. You know? Yeah. And I should want to know. Or, yeah, or at least understand or right. something. Have but an idea of what's going on. Yeah, but it's like I already feel like an 80-year-old man. I'm just like, I'm just like, who are these new? Just like, Earl Sweatshirt? What the <laughs> hell is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no disrespect. I don't no, even like, no. <laughs> I'm just using dude as an example. But, well, I guess, so how, how did comedy come into the mix? Um, I've always been like... I would say, like, the only thing that's ever come, like, 100% natural to me is just, like, joking around. Mm. And uh, when we were younger, my brother in particular and a bunch of our friends used to make these, like, short, in-camera edited comedy movies under the name of Psych Trike. And I, I was in a bunch of those. And I always just, I was always really into doing skits on my records. Like, I just loved doing skits. Yeah. And... Um, Someday, by the way, you should release. I feel like you have a bunch of unreleased skits. There are actually a number of unreleased skits. And it's like I started just kind of doing videos on my own, like periodic, just like dumb little comedy videos. And uh, a couple years ago, uh, when Wham City um, started doing the comedy nights, uh, you know, somebody convinced me to do stand-up. And I never really thought I would be able to do it. But I did do it. And it went good. Yeah. And I just I just kept doing it. Was it really scary the first time? Yeah. Did? I mean, honestly, it's still, like, super scary. Yeah. Every time. Especially because I haven't really done it a lot in the last couple months. And so I'm like, I got to get some new material to get. It's, doing stand-up is super hard. Mm. If you want to be good at all, it's yeah. really, really hard. It's a crazy grind because it's, like, one of the only art forms that you 
basically can't practice aside from when you're doing it, mm. like in front of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like monstrously. Like I don't really normally get um, nervous before I do like a rap show. Like I get a little bit nervous, but yeah. Um, but I get like super nervous before I do stand up. Yeah. Probably because you're you know invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love doing it. It's just really, it's tough. It's like, it's just hard because it's like it's the only other thing aside from music I feel like I could actually be good at. But just. It's so intimidating. It's just like you see people like Louis C.K. and they're like, well, I started when I was like 20. Yeah. And like I didn't even like start to get like remotely on until I was like in my late or like mid 30s. And it's yeah. just like, well, I'm starting when I'm like 30. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I shouldn't even look at it in those terms of like getting on. It should just, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. And you've been really steadily. Doing these shows and everything. Yeah. Like, I did the tour. Yeah. The Wham City Comedy Tour, which was awesome. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know a little about what you've told me, but what, what was it like? It was a really great experience because, number one, it was really good for me because I was like really anxious about going on the tour. I have a lot of like travel anxieties. Yeah. Like, um, and it was like three weeks. But I just really did okay. Like, I was fine. Like, I, you know, it was kind of nerve-wracking sometimes. But um, more than anything, it was great to, like, learn how to be comfortable on stage. Yeah. I learned how to slow down um, and not rush through jokes. Um, I learned mostly through, like, actually, I learned so much through talking to, like, Ben... O'Brien and Alan Resnick, who are the yeah. two guys from the two main guys from Wham City Comedy, and and Robbie Ratcliffe, who together have done some stuff for Adult Swim, yeah, and then Stavros Halkius, who's my friend, who yeah. he's like probably the best comedian in Baltimore, and he went on the last third of the tour, and just talking to those guys about like, you know, Stavros would always just tell me about just like get get to the funny stuff, just like don't you know look at your joke and then just peel away everything that isn't funny. Yeah, editing is still the hardest thing, but like. One one thing I thought was interesting about that tour, you know, and I guess seeing the Baltimore show maybe is not the best judge of it, uh, but I thought it was cool that it was like, I, I, I sort of get this feeling like with the comedy world, like you guys had this way you wanted to do that tour, yeah. which I, it was probably mostly Ben's like yeah. vision, I guess, but it's like, it's like, where you're, you're sort of like headlining, even though yeah. you're kind of this unknown, not not unknown, but yeah. up and coming squad. Right. And it's like, I sort of have this feeling like, like, like with these bands and MCs and everything, everything's so oversaturated and there's so many jokers that it's like, there's a way that things work. And even if it sucks, that's just the way that things have to work. Right. Like, it's like, it's like, yeah, there's going to be five bands that kind of suck that you have to yeah, play yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, And nobody gets paid. And right. Then th that's just how it is. With the comedy thing, it seems like I could see how it would be a little easier to come in and be like, this is how our tour works. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... 
Because it's like it's still like specialized. Yeah. To a certain extent. You know what I mean? Especially if you're doing anything on the DIY scene. Like we didn't play any comedy clubs, you know? Right. Like people are more open to like you just being like, well, we need this and like Yeah. You know, it the show is like this long. People are just like, it's so novel to them, like Yeah. You know, and that's what I actually think it's great that like there's more like DIY comedy because it's like the entrenched like the whole idea it's almost like it's almost like if like comedy like comedy's got the same like economy like economic model as like stripping it's just like mm. there's a two drink minimum and like it's like $15 yeah. to get in and you got to bring all your and it's just like it's all, it's insane yeah you know and so like i think that's like going away and yeah people are you know just and people really love i mean people love to go see stand up they really really do yeah. and so it's it's great to be able to put on shows and and stuff and that people get excited about it. If it's any good at all, people will be excited yeah. about it, you know. So, man, um yeah, you gotta leave for work in five minutes, but um <laughs> But I, we're basically up to present. What is there what do you wanna do you wanna say anything about what's coming up next? Man, I don't know. Like it's kinda crazy. Like I'm at this weird period where like I feel like I'm like sort of starting to get some shit together, but it's like I'm still just like I'm trying to pop off this website, just like a Mickey Freeland website that just like sums up the stuff I do. And I've just been thinking about it and I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff like it's like I do this mixing. I do mastering. I do comedy. Yeah, (laughs) I do. I rap. I make beats. And it's like. I don't know. It's just. You know, I'm trying to just find a way to, like, I just realize it's, like, I can't, you know, it's a waste of time to be, like, a waiter forever. For me, anyway. Like, that's what I do for this, you know, paper. And, like, it's just, it's just hard. You know, like, kind of going from what we were talking about earlier of just being, like, in that stage when I was younger of just being, like, I got this, like, blind enthusiasm. Yeah. Which is so tight in a way. You know what I mean? It's so good to just have that raw belief in yourself to sort of now being more practical and kind of understanding how the world works Mm. but just sort of not letting that get to me because i spent years really letting it get to me yeah you know and so that's kind of like the next move i just want to like keep it moving way more do more but like sort of get wrapped up less in the results yeah you know i i you know i played that show in annapolis the other day Mm mm-hmm um, it was like a show I set up for like this girl that I, when I met her, she was like 16 or 17. Now mm-hmm. she's like just graduated from high school or something. Mm-hmm. And like, like, and going on like a 44 day tour. That's crazy. The MC? Yeah. No, no, no. She's like a sort of like singer songwriter, mm-hmm. but more like with these loop pedals. Oh, and cool. Stuff like that. But like, I felt so happy to be able to set up this show for her, you know? Yeah. And and it, it went it went pretty well. And I think she was very appreciative. I, I, I think I was the only person that was like, got it, confirmed. Or something. Right, right. You know, it was just like months and months of like, well, my boy Jason said. Right, right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, it kind of made me realize like, I want to become like famous and successful but 
I don't need to do that to be to be the person I want to be. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like what I would want to do if I had some awesome results is help pe- help other people. Right. But you can also do that now. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. And I feel, I've noticed you've been more like that recently, like on this, you know, Meals on Wheels tip or like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah you might not want that in the pocket no i don't care cool. i don't care i mean girls love it when they find out that you volunteer yes <laughs> yeah i don't know just i don't know just trying to like do as much as i can and sort of it's really hard because i'm always on this like negative nelly shit but it's just like i looked at the news yesterday and it was just like literally the worst day of headlines like i'd ever seen like in my life yeah like, shit is just so fucked up in the world, and, like, it's, like, we live in, like, paradise, basically. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, how bad it can be. Right. And, like, it's just so easy to just be, like, I'm not on. I suck. Yeah. Life is gay. You know, like, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, like, and, like, no offense, <laughs> just trying to sound yeah. like an asshole. But, like. I don't know. I just really don't want to like think like that anymore. Yeah, you know? I feel it's just you. such a waste of time. It's like a waste of your life. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. And that does it. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, man. Me. Thanks for having me. It's funny. Like I feel like we could have like talked for another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's impossible not to miss something. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, another yeah. time or something. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thanks to Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> that's it man I feel like I do want to have him back at some point to discuss these victories as well as these defeats but that's my man right there Mickey Free see you next week <laughs>